Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. A Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We are just two single girls trying to help you navigate dating well. So thanks for being here. And now we're going to talk about rejection. And now we're so gonna, yeah. you're not going to be around long. Welcome to <laughs> dating in general. I feel like you can't, that's the, what is the saying? We're like, you can't have one without the other. Is that yes, the saying? Yes, for real. Oh, isn't this so exciting? What a way to celebrate hump day when talking about rejection. But we promise this is going to be a good conversation. Yes. And it's one that we, we've we both dealt with our own share of rejection in relationships and just in general. Life in general. So we're going to talk about all of that and help you navigate it better than maybe you have before. There so. we go. But before we do that. But first. I have my question of the day. Okay. What is it? Which I thought of without having to look it up. Oh. I was looking at a list and then this one just popped up. <laughs> okay. What is it? What is one thing you wore when you were like growing up that you probably should be embarrassed by, but you actually loved it? Um, I don't know that I had enough real like fashion sense <laughs> at all that anything, probably everything I wore. Let's be real. I'm trying to think of one specific thing. Ooh, I do. Ooh, okay. I've got one. Okay. I had this jacket that was my dad's. Okay. It was like this Adidas tracksuit jacket. Oh, wow. That was like gray with like the, sh- the Adidas stripes were like this royal blue. Oh. And honestly. So sporty spice. T- today, like- I could almost... You could probably wear it as athleisure. You probably could. Like, it's kind of got, it would have that, like, vintage look, but at the same time, it's just like, oh. Like, oh, why? Oh, why did I wear that? And we're going to take it a step further. Oh, please do. I think, and I'll have to confirm this because I honestly don't remember, but I think there were matching pants. Oh, gosh. That were gray. It and was had literally the, attractive. The blue stripes. And it was, like, my dad's from, like, years ago. So when I wore it when I was, like, nine, it was his from, like, years ago. So, yeah. I think that's... Okay. That's at least one specific thing that's, that's coming fair. to mind. That's fair. So, what was yours? This won't shock you at all. <laughs> I had, no lie, four-inch light pink platform flip-flops that I wore <laughs> all the time. All the time. I think this is where my love for high heels came along. Oh, because I wanted to wear them constantly. And my mom would be like, Kristen wear different shoes four inches four inches i mean they were huge it was like and they were made of like the um not styrofoam but it was like the foamy stuff oh that like word. if my dog chewed them yeah. there were little dents uh-huh. in them and then i had like denim skirts that hit like not that i wasn't allowed to wear mini skirts but that's close to that as, as close you to the line as i could get like right above the knee oh, wow and my little flip-flops i felt very and how cool. old were you um early middle school okay Probably, I probably wore them to like sixth or seventh grade. Oh, wow. You got some use out of them. Oh, I had them like fifth grade. I think I was allowed to wear them. Yeah. And then sixth and seventh grade. Oh, that is funny. Maybe into eighth. I think by eighth grade, I was starting to learn a little bit. Yeah. But Maybe this wasn't the greatest idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. So we have rejected those <laughs> horrible well, well trends and styles. Well played. Hopefully we've replaced them with better ones. I hope so. Sometimes I wonder. I look at my clothes and I'm like, why are you wearing this? And yeah. I'm like, meh. I don't really care. Bethany it's fine. doesn't give herself enough credit for her style. Let's be real. Well, I don't have. Okay. I'll <laughs> like, take your word. Sure, I'm not why not? try to oh argue. Okay. So let's talk about rejection. Okay. We're going to talk not only just about rejection, but how to handle it well. 
Yes. Because rejection is just one being rejected is just one part of the it's just part process. of process. Yeah. And it's more so how you bounce back from it and how you learn from it than just dealing with it. Yes. So we're gonna kind of break it down into three different sections. So we're gonna talk about discerning rejection and then processing rejection and then learning from rejection. Yes. Can you tell we both grew up in Baptist churches where you three have to points have like three points and a conclusion. Yes. <laughs> so let's start with discerning rejection. And by that I mean kind of figuring out why you like got the rejected. reasons behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's key when you're when you've been rejected in a romantic sense mm-hmm. is why. Was it me? Was it them? Like, you know, it's not me, it's you. Like, yeah. what 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 is the reason behind it? So I think there's a few, or we came up with a few at least, reasons why there might be some rejection involved in your situation. The first one is, is it based on character? Is there something you need to work on or develop? And so there's a character issue that this person is ceasing any progression of a relationship or vice versa. Are you rejecting them because... Of the same thing. And I think the first couple we're going to talk about here, I think I have this noted probably, is they kind of tend more towards once you're dating someone or in a relationship and it's rejection, breakup, whatever term you want to use is kind of what these first couple are. So the first one, yeah, is based on character. And this one, it's not going to be fun when someone says, hey, I don't want to date you anymore because of this thing that is lacking in your character. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear that about themselves. No, not at all. Uh, but you can learn from it. One thing I think you can learn from it is once that has been done to you, you know what that feels like. And so if you are ever in a position of needing to do that to someone else, you can be kind about it. You can be gentle. You can remember, hey, this didn't feel good when it happened to me. So you can learn from that. And that's one thing you can learn. But then also you can work on whatever that thing is. Yeah. And I, I, I almost think like when you've broken up with someone, there's a period of time there where you're just kind of, you need to stay busy. And for me, taking that thing that I need to work on and improve upon and using that in that time of staying busy is a really good thing. So that's another thing you can take from that is this, you know, the first months or weeks or whatever right after a breakup aren't always the funnest, but you can, whether they have given you a specific thing or you can even evaluate for yourself. I think you've talked about before. Okay, let's debrief on this relationship a little and what can I learn and improve upon going forward? Yeah, and I think this is a good time, too, if not that I'm, like, get a second opinion, (laughs) but not to say that they're wrong, but this is a great place for or time for you to go to your friends or your mentors or your parents or whoever and say, hey, do you see this in me? Because this wasn't something I saw. This is something he saw in me. And can you help me, like, come up with a way to work on it? And I think that's a good thing to do regardless, because one, the guy you're with is not objective in that. And if he's breaking up with you, you know, sometimes maybe he's going to be looking for a reason or whatever. And there may not be true objectivity in his observation. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean there isn't. No. There might be. No. So don't. I think you do your due diligence don't brush to figure it off. that out. Yeah. But I, don't brush it off and just say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about yeah. either. That's not a smart way to deal with it, I don't think. Not at all. Okay. So we've got character issues. Yes. I think another thing rejection could be based off of is either differing priorities or just different circumstances the good old timing just wasn't right yes oh my gosh all the right girl wrong time song yeah stuck in my head exactly but this is one of those things where 
it may not be a personal thing on either side. It's just, hey, this is really important to him and it's not really important to me or vice versa. This is where you hear like, I really want to focus on my career right now, which sounds like a cop out, but sometimes that's actually true. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that, as you say, this is the easiest one. It's not easy. Mm -mm. I feel like this, this specifically is easier to deal with than the others because it's not necessarily a rejection of you Mm -hmm. and your person. Yeah. (laughs) It's, a rejection of the relationship? Yeah. I guess. It's, I don't know how to say mm-hmm. that really, but it's yeah, I think, it's less personal, I think, than some of the others. Yes. However, I will say, because I've been on the other side of this, it can if you go too far down this road, you can start to personalize this way more mm. than you need to. So, yeah. for instance, we've talked about this before. I've dated a couple guys where they were like, hey work is the most important. I'm really trying to like move forward. My career relationship is not the top of my priority list right now. Fine. He never said this is because of you and you're not good enough. Yeah. But then the more you really just mope and wallow in this, you start to think, okay, it's because I'm not enough. Yeah. To be important, more important than his job. Yeah. If I had just been better Mm -hmm. or funnier or what, fill in the blank, whatever it is, then that would have been enough to make the relationship priority number one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't go there. Yeah, I would really encourage you don't just take it for what it is. Don't yeah. take it personally and just be like, you know what? He wants this right now or I want this right now. And like you said, the timing's just not yeah. right. Well, I think with any any time there's any sort of like rejection in it, once it's within a dating relationship, like it's a breakup, it, what you just said is important. Take it for what it is, learn from it what you can, and move on. I'm not trying to trivialize. I'm not trying to downplay. But don't just stay there. No. <laughs> that, it, with any, whether it's a first date rejection or it's a we've been dating for eight months and we're breaking up rejection, whatever it is, there's varying levels of dealing with it. Yeah, and there's But do that grief. appropriately and then move on. Yeah, there's, we're not saying just like suck it up and don't uh-uh. Pay attention to your feelings, but also, and we'll talk about Don't this a little bit later. Don't give your feelings more place than, than they or need. free reign. Yeah. Because that will get you in trouble real quick. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead to other stuff. But then, no. okay, so we've talked about rejection for character reasons. We've talked about just different priorities or timing, circumstances, whatever. And then what's the third one? The third one, and like you said, this is going to be more of rejection kind of on the front end of oh maybe somebody you told somebody how you felt about them and they didn't feel the same way in return or they don't want they didn't want to go out with you if you were trying to make that happen or whatever if it's for something on the surface I said superficial here in the notes but I don't like that word because it makes it sound very harsh yeah I think superficial might have an unnecessary negative connotation it doesn't have to yeah we don't superficial a lot of times the word ends up meaning like Something that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that, I don't guess. No. Like, it's just, yeah, something on the surface. Something that, because you haven't been dating for an extended period of time, you don't have anything else to go on. It, it could be something as simple as, I'm not attracted to you. As horrible as that is to take or listen to, it's part of life. It so, really is. with that, you kind of just got to suck it up, buttercup, and... Yeah. Move along. Well, There's and- another guy out there and don't waste time on this guy that you've never dated. If this type of rejection is an absolutely cripplingly heartbreaking 
thing, I would venture to say you have built up this hypothetical relationship in your head to a much higher level than would be appropriate for the actual level of interaction that there has been. I totally agree. That's a great point. This is where we can get into the conversation about like, you may just not be his type, quote unquote, yeah. talking about the attraction thing. I've been watching The Voice the past couple days. And by that, I mean, I've watched like eight episodes in a day and a half. Oh my. I did a lot of cleaning while I oh, watched okay. it yesterday, so I was that productive. Is, that's a really good show to watch. It is. And do other things. you just I have to listen. while I work. Yes. Like when I'm working from home. Yeah. A ton. I'll have it on. You just have to listen to people sing and that's it. It's exactly. fantastic. It's great. Highly recommend yes. if you're not watching okay. it. Okay. But what's been so funny to me is someone will get up on stage and they will, and I, granted I can't sing, so anybody sounds great to me, but... <laughs> They'll sing, and only one or two of the judges will turn around. I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you listening to the are same you person? Hearing the same thing like, I am? Or even there are times where they'll all four turn around. I'm like, I don't even think this guy's that good. But what do I know? It's Adam Levine. He clearly has more expertise than me. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so funny. Even in watching that show, of these are all experts uh-huh. in the music field, and yet they're seeing different things. They're all looking for different yeah. things. It wasn't something to just take personally. It's, oh, this person, like, Blake yeah. really only picks country yeah, singers. Or th- I mean, and that's fine. A lot of times where they turn around and they're like, Adam says this a lot oh. even. They're like, you were awesome, but it's just not what, not I what I'm looking not for. what I'm looking for. Okay, thanks, and you move on. Yeah, and like, I think the same thing can be said about dating yeah. is just because you're not what a certain person is looking for doesn't mean you are just unlovable across the board yeah. and that you're never going to find anybody. This is where... We have to remember, as girls, we all have different types. We're all attracted to different kinds of guys, and yep. guys are the same way with girls. So don't take this so personally that, no. oh, just because this one guy doesn't want me, nobody will. It's just, no, this one guy didn't want to go out with you, and there is going to be somebody who will. Yeah. I can pretty much guarantee Yes. It. So. Leave it at that. I mean, yeah. I think that there's nothing else that has to be said on that, really. That that's just the way it is. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So okay. we've talked about kinds of rejection. So now let's move on. Regardless of what kind of rejection you've been rejected, how do you process that? The biggest thing that I tell myself, and this is because so many people have told it to me when I have been <laughs> dealing with rejection, I had to go look up the quote on Pinterest which is the most valuable quote source on the internet, just so I got it right. But there's a quote that says, human rejection can be God's divine protection. Yeah. You don't know what God is protecting you from. No. In those, like, in that, those types of situations. If we say we believe that God is sovereign, and we do, it's not mm-hmm. really an if. Yeah, that's he is. Point. Uh, and two, whether we say he is or not doesn't really change the fact that he is. So there's that. There you go. Uh, but... If that is what we say, then this falls under that too. Mm-hmm. You can't have a God who is sovereign when he works out in your favor all of the time. You can't. I mean, that can't be the only time that you would say that he is sovereign. So just realize that there is his love and care for you, even in those things that don't feel great in the moment. Yeah, there's more happening behind the scenes than you probably exactly. could ever even fathom. Yeah. I know for me, this isn't a relationship rejection, but with my job, I went through a long season of rejection in my career a couple <laughs> years ago, but there was one specific job that I just felt like I was a shoe in for. And the guy that was hiring told me that I had a really great shot. So I was just like, this is it. Like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to, you know, get to move on to this 
great role and whatever. Turns out I don't get it. The original candidate that he'd wanted that had taken her name out of the hat put her name back in. Oh, okay. Which is fine. And he told me, he's like, it's not that you weren't qualified and it's not that you weren't good enough. He's like, this was just a better fit. Right. And the main reason I wanted this job was to go work for him. Because mm-hmm. I just really, he was the guy that hired me. I loved working for him, whatever. Five months later, he ends up leaving the organization. Oh, wow. And I had, could have never known that. He'd been no. there for 15, 16, 17 years. He'd yeah. Been there, like, it was one of those things where you never would imagine him leaving. I would have been devastated if I had gotten into yeah. that job, wanted to work for this guy, and then less than six months later, he's gone. Oh, yeah. And, but God knew that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he knew what my driving force was in trying to get this job he knew what was coming down the road and i'm so grateful that that didn't work out solely because of how everything ended up happening later on yeah and the same thing could be happening with this relationship that is ending and you're dealing with this rejection you have no idea what could have happened had you stayed in this relationship you have no idea what's going on in this guy's life not to say that it's all going to be bad or that no it's it's all doomed to failure he's never going to find anybody as great as you not going there But you have no idea what God could be protecting you from down the road. Yeah. And so you don't always have to just think, oh, it's just always there's something always wrong with me or always taking it super personally. Yeah. Because this job, I mean, I could have taken it very personally. He's like, this is not on you. Right. So I think we have to kind of have that mindset and change our perspective a little bit and realize there's always a bigger picture. God is working this for your good, whether it's in the way you want him to or not. I mean, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight and Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 have been coming up a lot for me recently. Yeah. I think we just have to remember God doesn't always work how we want him to, but he always works in what way is best. And that is something that we can really cling to during seasons of rejection. Yeah. Oh, and I think it's key to do that because he won't reject you. No. There is no danger of that there. So of anyone, he is the person to cling to and turn to and you know, deepen your relationship with him, especially in those times. And then another thing that I would say, and I say this like this, but somewhat with a caveat, don't suppress your feelings and emotions when you've been rejected. And I can tend to do this. My caveat is though, don't swing to the other extreme of this and let your feelings run wild. Now there's a happy medium. Yes. So you need to deal with the repercussions of that. You need to address it, whether you're sitting down talking to someone or you're sitting down and actually devoting time to thinking about that for yourself. Or, it, you know, you can push it down, not deal with it, not talk about it, not accept that it hurt and everything's fine, everything's okay, but it will come back up later. It, it will find its way back into your life. So some of that, I think, though, is whether you're talking to someone, like you said, getting a second opinion you're just really thinking about it for yourself is discerning kind of what we're saying before, what is true and what is not, what is true. Well, first of all, what is true about God's character and what is not, what is true is that he works things together for your good and he loves you. So if anything you're feeling or working through goes contrary to that, you know, that that feeling is wrong. (laughs) Period. Yeah. Uh, But then also, like you were saying, ask someone else, Hey, this guy, we, you know, just rejected me, broke up with me, whatever it is, because he said, I am blank. Do you see that in my life? Talk to someone who will tell you the truth. 
Sometimes in this instance, and I love my girlfriends, but sometimes in this instance, they're not the ones you need to talk to because they are in your corner and they're going to say he's the biggest jerk on the face of the planet and you're perfect and you never, you know, it's all his fault. And you need that, I think, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but in this, that's not the advice you need. Now, your girlfriends will tell you the truth. Mine will, at least. <laughs> but sometimes you need that, you know, a woman in your life who's older, who's ahead of you, who you can go say, hey, I need you to be honest with me. Am I harsh? Am I uncompromising? Am I stubborn? Whatever those things are, I'm just, you know, talking about mine. Uh <laughs> Bethany's going to list all of her flaws. But whatever the, you need someone who will tell you, uh, yeah, you, you can be. You really probably should work on that. Or someone who would say, I don't think that's a fair assessment. And you, someone who you trust to do that. So being able to discern what is true and what is not in this whole situation, whether you're thinking about it yourself, getting counsel from friends or outside, but whatever it is, preach the truth to yourself. The truth is God is good. The truth is he loves you. The truth is he will not leave you. And so those are the things you need to continually tell yourself. Things that run contrary to that need to be put aside and not told to yourself over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading through Uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst with my small group. That's the book we're going through. And apparently this is something she says in a lot of her books, but there are three things that she repeats to herself a lot where she says, God is good. God is good to me. And God is good at being God. It's like you have those three things circling in your head. There's a lot of truth in all those mm-hmm. things for us to really hold on to that pushes a lot of the lies out that we're yeah. believing or tempted to buy into. Um, so I just love that. I think my biggest, this is my Kristen's sassy point of the day but don't be a girl and just say you're fine when you're really not when you're going through rejection because you want to be tough or you want to be like oh he doesn't affect me or but yeah if you're not fine it's okay to not be fine for a little bit yeah well I have to tell myself I mean it's I tell myself because I'm very much oh I'm fine because I will be it will be okay but it's really just a bit of a well it's a form of pride to act like you're not hurt when you are, that you're above that, that hurt and rejection aren't really something that bother you. Unfortunately, that's just a part of living in a fallen world, being hurt, being rejected. And if you let that push you to Jesus, because he is perfect, that's the right dealing with it. But just saying, oh, no, I'm fine. It didn't bother me. You're trying to just make yourself more than you are and that you can handle that. When really you need to realize, I am hurt. This isn't fun, but it turns you to Christ. That's where you want to be. And another thing I will say, as we're kind of talking through different ways to process rejection, so don't suppress your feelings and, you know, being reminded that this could be God protecting you from something. And I know we've already kind of talked about this point, but talk through your rejection, like Bethany was saying, with someone who can give you wisdom and understanding. Yes. Not one or the other. I would it, I would recommend at least. You want somebody who's going to say, I'm really sorry. That really sucks. And I hate that for you. But also, here's how you can move forward. Exactly. Exactly. And at least this may just be a personal thing. I would love for someone to just sit there and be like, Kristen, you know what? I am so sorry. He's such an idiot. Like, you are just the greatest thing to ever walk the planet. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, you he's just awful. 
Because we all want to say, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And move on. (laughs) Let me move on being myself. But then I also know, so I know I don't need just a yes man. Right. So I need that wisdom and that follow up of, hey, let's talk through this. But I also want to be careful because if someone's just like, well, yeah, he's right. You really need to work on (laughs) and not being like, I'm so sorry. And maybe that's just my personality, but maybe try to find somebody who can show you the empathy. Yes. But also help you grow. Oh, I think that's, yeah. So very reasonable. I think, and you, I'm sure as you're listening to this, you can think of one or two people right off the bat Mm -hmm. that fit that description because you have your yes men, like Bethany said, the girls in your corner who are going to, you know, throw the bash session with you. (laughs) And, you know, you maybe have the people are just the black and white concrete, but I you don't have somebody in your life that can do both, I would highly recommend trying to find someone. Whether that's finding a lady in your church or whatever that looks like. Finding someone that can do both will really, I think, help you work through this in a really good way. I agree. One thing I want to say really quick before we move on, and this is kind of the flip side, it's not really talking about you being rejected. It's more about you being the one doing the rejecting. I, I do want to just say, if you've been hurt before... If you've been rejected before, if you kind of have a mindset like some people around here that you're just (laughs) kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and and you're just a little bit more on the cynical side of things. I don't know who that could be. I honestly don't either. Uh, (laughs) It's me if you're new um, to this whole little podcast. Anyway, if that's you, be careful that you aren't rejecting someone kind of as a self-preservation mechanism so that before they have the chance to possibly reject you, you'll just nip it in the bud right there. And that way you've kind of protected yourself from that. I think you can miss out on some good people. You can miss out on some good things in your life if you do that. So that's just a quick little word of caution that may or may not have come from my own personal uh, experience. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) I think that's a good point to bring up because... I mean, I've done this. I'll do this more at the beginning where I'm like, I'm not even going to try to talk to him because he probably won't be interested in me anyways. So I think that can go both ways, whether you're in a relationship and you're scared of them hurting you. So you just are the one to cut it off first Uh or whether you're not even giving yourself a fair shot at something because you don't, you're assuming he's going to reject you. Yeah. And so I'm really glad you brought that up. I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Okay. So wrapping up with our third Baptist point in our sermon. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, So we've talked about discerning rejection and processing rejection. So now learning from rejection. Everyone's favorite part. (laughs) Um, Here's my encouragement to all of you is if you don't hear anything else, please hear this. No one understands the feeling of rejection more than Jesus. Absolutely no one. Mm -hmm. He was rejected by every single church leader who was supposed to be like, they're supposed to be on the same side here. And they were just be looking for him, watching for him to come and just totally rejected him as he's coming as the Messiah that they have been so patiently awaiting and their ancestors and their ancestors and whoever he was rejected by his friends. Think about Peter rejected him three times. And I know we hear that story and I am very guilty of just glazing over it, but like, yeah, he came back to him. So it's fine. Think about one of your best friends in your biggest time of crisis, just being like, I don't know her. Yeah. And you're like, are you kidding me? No, you get over here. (laughs) You are my best friend. Why are you doing this? And how hurtful, not once and not twice, but three times. But Jesus is enduring so much pain and suffering. And here his best friend that has been walking with him for the past three years is totally denying their friendship completely. I mean, what other kind of rejection hurts that much? And 
can be felt that much when all of this weight was bearing on Jesus' shoulders. And then even to this day, people are rejecting Jesus constantly. People he already died for, and he knew that. Going on the cross that, yes, I'm going to die for everyone who will ever live. And some of them are going to accept me, and a lot of them are going to reject me. But he still did it anyways. And so there are so many different avenues that Jesus has been rejected and felt rejection. So if anyone understands what you're feeling, and if there's anyone you should run to, for love and comfort and peace and empathy, it's him. So there's no guy, there's no rebound, there's no friend, no parent, no mentor, even nobody is going to be able to offer you what he can. And if you're not running to him first, I would encourage you to start doing that. Yeah. And so in those moments of seeking counsel and talking to other people, if they're not pointing you to him, then I would question whether or not they're truly a good source of counsel in your life. Agreed. With all of that, dealing with rejection does get easier in a sense. I don't think it ever gets easy. No. But you develop resiliency through rejection. Whether it's a job, whether it's a boy, whether it's any other plethora of things. That is where that strength comes from. And the strength of realizing, I cannot handle this, but God can. And leaning Mm -hmm. into him. So... It does get a little bit easier, I think, over time. (laughs) Well, yeah. I know when I was going through that season of rejection with my job, I got told no seven times in 18 months. It was awful every single time. (laughs) But I will say my ability to bounce back by time five, six, seven, I was bouncing back a lot quicker than time one, two, three. Just because God is developing, like you said, that resilience in you. and. Yes, sometimes the characteristics that he, it's pruning. Right. the concept of pruning. We have to cut things away before new growth can come. And this is just one of those things where, you know what, rejection may be cutting some things away, but there's going to be more growth from it. Yeah. And that's something, something good can come from something as awful as being rejected. Yeah. So one thing I would say, this is kind of something you can do and be thinking about right now, whether you're in that place or not, is if in your past you have experienced rejection because of the same reason over and over again, really, and it's good to do, you know, now when you're not in the middle of that, objectively look back, take some time to think about who you're dating and if there's a pattern or characteristic that can be identified earlier to avoid that rejection again. It doesn't mean, (laughs) just because you can learn something from it doesn't mean you have to run it run into it knowing it's coming. You can try to avoid being rejected. And I think it's smart to learn from the past so that you can avoid it in the future. So if you're constantly dealing with the same thing over and over and over again, put some thought into what that is. What what are you gravitated towards that's leading to that? So, and I know you've got a little Yeah, I have personal experience with this. (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) I asked my mentor this question, honestly, after my last breakup, because the breakup was for the same reason that the last two guys I dated that I I mean, I'd ended it. Yeah. All three times. But it was always for the same reason. And it was they didn't end it, but I felt rejected in the relationship, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So 
it was this sense of, okay, their priority is something else and a relationship may be fourth, fifth, sixth down the list. Right. Whereas I was ready. I'm like, I am ready to make this top priority. Yeah. I'm ready to commit and be serious. And they weren't. And so I asked my mentor, I was like, what am I attracting here? Yeah. Or what am I missing as I am starting to date guys? I've had to, I'm still thinking through this, honestly, and processing it. And it's been a year and a half since my last breakup. But the pattern here, and I could have probably seen this earlier than I did, but I know now that I will ask questions about this earlier on, is are they really ready for a serious, committed relationship? Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to, you know, truly figure that out, which may take some time. And this may be one of those things that's not totally avoidable. Yeah. Maybe it is. but you... You've seen those patterns at this point. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is looking like that. And so you ask those questions earlier than you would have before. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I think I've really learned from this kind of rejection, even though I was the one ending it. Right. In a way, it was I was still bearing some of that feeling of rejection. And it really influences what I look for now as opposed to what I used to look for. And like yeah. you said, what questions I ask sooner than I used to when I'm getting to know somebody. Yeah, I think that's very smart. And one thing I would say kind of on the flip side is if you're repeatedly finding yourself being rejected because of the same thing and that thing is a character issue of your own, then I think you need to devote some time to really fixing that thing that needs to be fixed in your own life as opposed to just continuing to try to find someone who will overlook it. Mm, That's good. Because in a long-term relationship situation, someone who will just... Avoid that conflict and avoid the confrontation of telling you, hey, you've got this thing you need to work on isn't going to bode well. So if you're just trying to find someone who will overlook these things that other people have pointed out to you, then I would say take a step back. First, figure out why you're so resistant to fixing that in your life. Because if it's a sin pattern that you're just holding on to, that's an issue all in and of itself. Yeah. So spend some time really focusing on that and then get back into dating. Great words of wisdom from our resident closer (laughs) of the podcast. That's funny. So, yeah, that's all we've got, guys, for rejection. Hopefully you won't have to use any of this anytime soon. Hopefully not, but it's here when you need it. There you go. Um, Be sure and check back next week because by the time this airs, I will be on my road trip. I'll be in Washington, D.C. when this comes out. Driving to Florida. We'll be driving to Florida, but next week, my best friend Melanie, Bethany's sister, is going to be taking my place as co-host for a week. And on Friday of that week, you and Lindsay are going to give us a little day in the life of a single girl couch cast. Yes. We talked about, you know, we talked about a lot of things that you can go do and experiences you can have while you're single. And... So they are taking full advantage of that and doing one of those big things. They're taking off on this big, fun trip. So they're going to share some insight and things they learn as the single girls they are on this super fun trip. It's going to be a fun week with a lot of new voices, voices you're used to, and a lot of fun topics and things to talk about. So be sure and check back next week for all of that. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm -hmm.